Welcome to the On Target Living Podcast, a place where health and performance meet. The other thing I think most people are missing are omega-3 fats, which is cod liver oil, flax, chia. So if you looked at our food chain now in the United States, about 95, maybe 97% or more are deficient in omega-3 fats. Here, your hosts and father-daughter duo, Chris Johnson and Kristen Brogan, team up to simplify health, transform lifestyles, and inspire you to be your best. So we set out to stage a Burger King Jimmy John's intervention for our good friend Nick, uh, but ended up having a fascinating conversation with Chris Johnson instead. Chris lives here in Lansing. He is an international speaker and advisor, a health and fitness expert, and the founder and CEO of On Target Living. Chris has sprinkled his magic nutritional dust on our beloved Joe Beshi, and well, look how well that's turned out. Plus, he was pushing cold oatmeal before we made it cool. What do cod liver oil, comic books, resolutions, and a fitness guru all have in common? It's the New Year's episode of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's good for you. Are we recording a new intro this season? Why? I'm just wondering. Are you saying that you've had enough of Sarah Humphrey? No, 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 no. I, mean, I, I love Sarah. I would like to be a part of the intro. I think that right. would be nice. Well, why don't we work that little line in? That was good. Yeah. I'll, I'll find a spot for it. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his, it's, on his it's desk. Always right here. Here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like, fruit to disgusting, like 1 to 10, it's got some disgusting stuff in some fruit. There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash. Maybe a couple of chopped apple. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your? <laughs> okay, welcome back and happy New Year, happy 2019. Uh, this is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm in downtown Lansing, Michigan. Uh, you can find us at reschstrategies.com. We are on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Rest Strategies, and this podcast, a couple places you can find it. Uh, we're on our website, like I said, reststrategies.com. You can also find it on iTunes and on any number of other podcast platforms that are out there. So it is two, 2019, and let's start the year like we've started other, every other episode. Joe Beshi. Nikki O'Mara. Nick DeLewis here. Stephanie Vancouvering. Um, today we have uh, a very special guest and someone who... Um, unbeknownst to him at the time, was really the inspiration of the, the name of our little podcast here. Um, the CEO and the founder of On Target Living, Chris Johnson, uh, ontargetliving.com. Uh, On Target Living is headquartered here in mid-Michigan, and Chris, graduate of Michigan State University, uh, one of the very first people to work at the Michigan Athletic Club as the fitness director. Uh, he founded On Target Living in 2006 and has been... Um, transitioning the leadership of that company to his twin son and daughter. Um, but like I said, most importantly, today he's probably here because of the influence he had on the name of our podcast and his friendship with our good friend, Joe. Yeah. Anything you want to add here? Uh, no, just that, I mean, Chris is going to give us the origin story of, you know, Cold Oatmeal. We all know, Matt, Matt, I think it was in the pilot episode, you shared why you name you name the podcast Cold Oatmeal. It's because I bring cold oatmeal to work every day, but... Why do I bring cold oatmeal to work every day? I bring cold oatmeal because Chris Johnson told me to, and <laughs> maybe he can maybe he can tell us, you know, why I do that. But uh, I think the real reason he's here, and it's a time to maybe reveal. Nick, we really care about you, and this is um, <laughs> this is an intervention. Chris is here to I work on this. I suspected this might go this way. <laughs> <laughs> this Burger King habit that you have, um, you know, we this is a safe space. We all want what's best for you. Thank you. Yeah, I <laughs> anyway, thank you. I was watching the promo video on Chris's website in, 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 in uh, build up and in preparation for this. And he said, it's important to tell the people who you love that you need them. <laughs> oh, well, we definitely need Nick. We need Nick. Yeah. The, door, Nick the door's closed. Here, the whole place leaves. would shudder. Yeah, I, when I started reviewing your website, I, I, was, I thought, 
oh, geez. I, <laughs> I know exactly the way this is going to go. This is going to devolve very quickly into Nick doesn't eat well. And it's true. Um, nevertheless. We'll just need to figure out where the slim one from Jimmy John's with a Coke <laughs> And no, a Pepsi and chips fits on the on target. But, you know, I'll, target I'll, I'll help you, Nick. Um, <laughs> this is Chris. I, I was a terrible eater growing up. And so really that was my change over time. And I was raised by wolves and ate beefaroni and SpaghettiOs and bologna sandwiches and ate at every fast food joint in this area. So yeah. that's and I never really drank anything besides Kool-Aid and Pepsi and occasionally milk for dinner. So I'm being raised by wolves right now. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're being thrown to the wolves. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Feel right at home. Yeah. So Chris is a, a fitness guru, nutrition, nutritional guru, inspirational speaker, motivational speaker. Um, and we want to talk. We thought, you know, what better way to start a new year but then to talk with someone uh, who who does that for a living? So I'm going to throw the first question to you is. Do you make New Year's resolutions? I I develop a ninety day plan right out of the shoot. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's uh, I do physical. Uh, it's everything from reading books. Um, I have a plan that I read ten pages a day of, which gets me through about ten to fifteen books a year. I look at my physical. What do I want to improve upon? Let's say I have a shoulder problem or my back's been bothering me more. You know, so I, I definitely put together a plan. So is it, what advice, like for the people who are listening, we're coming to them shortly after the new year and they're debating whether or not to do a resolution. What advice would you give someone who's thinking about doing starting the new year with something different? Number one, I, I recommend everybody do some form of resolution where everybody falls apart, I think, is they make it too hard. And so they got to back up. And our whole company's based on building habits one step at a time. And as people get stressed, their prefrontal cortex can only handle one thing, and so they'll go back to their old habits. So the key is you got to develop, pick one thing you're going to focus on. For example, you might say, hey, you know what, I go to see my dental hygienist, you're not flossing, I'm going to focus on flossing, or I might drink more water, or whatever it might be. I might move my body 10 minutes a day. Where the resolutions go south is when everybody starts to pile on. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to start moving, going to the gym six times a week. I'm going to eat in the center of the food target. You know, I'm not going to go out to fast food anymore. That's going to last about two seconds, and that's what happens. So people lose their – so our goal is to – and Joe has witnessed this, but, you know, I said to Joe, what are you eating for breakfast? Well, let's, let's come up with some cold oatmeal. Cold oatmeal takes you 60 seconds to make, and – you don't have to worry about cooking it. You don't have to do anything with it. I can't even remember what I used to eat. I was breakfast. just going to ask you. What I did have you no idea what I used to eat. So I that could, there's so, nothing before cold so oatmeal. So where you're going with this is exactly right. Now you don't even think about it. It just happens. And that's the key in resolutions. You want to create a habit that you don't even think about anymore. I mean, we've all done them. So everybody has habits. So, And I think that's what resonates when we speak to organizations do training they think we're going to run them through a boot camp. In reality, that's not happening at all. It's let's just start one thing at a time, and then and then you said it right at the very beginning, Matt. Is like you're telling Nick that hey, I need you because everybody wants to, you know, be the best version of themselves. Sometimes they think it's just too difficult or too challenging. So that's my little tidbit of information about a resolution. Number one is absolutely get focused on what you want. Reflect. Take time. And number two is like what one or two things you're going to focus on, and that's it. And that will lead to another habit, another habit, and another habit. So explain to us the meaning of the prevention guy. That's that's in, in, in the video on your website you talk about that you're the prevention guy. What, is that, what does that mean? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, growing up I was into athletics, but I really – I never knew understand about how to eat or – you know, I like to work out and do all that stuff, but I really didn't understand, you know. And everywhere I went, I worked for Butternut Bread and I worked for Frito-Lay. And when I was working for Frito-Lay, I used to carry my lunch all the time. I got into bodybuilding and people would ask me all the time, hey, what are you eating? I'm like, well, I'm eating this and, you know, i am got a big truck full of chips <laughs> and I'm eating, I'm eating, you know, Nick's gonna salad go interview with tuna right now. on Nick's going to go put know, his resume some, out. <laughs> some peppers and apples. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is just how I eat. And then, um, I thought, you know, I really need to learn more about this. 
So I went. I had a business economics degree from Western Michigan. I went back to grad school at Michigan State, and I ran into this professor. And I didn't know if I wanted to go into physical therapy or sports medicine. And I had all these interviews set up. And a game changer in my world was this gentleman by the name of Quaco. He was a advisor at Michigan State, and I had a meeting with him. And he spent over two hours with me, and he's asking me all the right questions, you know. And at the end of the interview, as I stood up, he said, you do not want to go into medicine. You want to go in prevention. You are a prevention guy. And I still remember that like it was yesterday. So I got up, and I'm like, prevention guy? You're a prevention guy. And then he was my advisor through graduate school, and, and that's really – and then everybody asked me, you know, what are you going to do with this exercise physiology prevention guy degree? And I'm like, I don't know. I just knew that I had a passion for it, and so that was my – you know, back in 1983, I met Dr. Kwak Ho, and I went into graduate school right after that, and and I've been doing it ever since. So that's why they call me the prevention guy, because he called me that pre- as we got out. And so. so, you know, there's a lot of talk all the time about superfoods and, and kale and, and all of these things that you're supposed to eat a lot of. Um, if you were to go, if if you were deserted on a desert island, and you could bring one food with you, what would it be? Well, the the food that would probably keep you alive the longest would be spirulina chlorella. So it's okay. a it's a survival food. So it's high in al- it's algae, <laughs> and it's high in nucleic <laughs> acid and omega three fats. So Joe holds up his. I wouldn't bag. want yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live on it, but you can live on it. So it's okay. really the only, one of the only foods on the planet that you can actually sustain life for over a year without getting all sorts of stuff. Um, the other thing I think most people are missing are omega-3 fats, which is cod liver oil, flax, chia. So if you looked at our food chain now in the United States, about 95, maybe 97% or more are deficient in omega-3 fats, which do everything from brain health to heart health, hormones, inflammation, or decrease inflammation. So those would be things that I would really focus on. And that's really, you know, when I met Joe, that's the bedrock of how we teach is it's not what people are eating, it's what they're not eating. So in the food chain is not the same as it was 50 years ago. You know, the soil's not the same. And and everybody can get sideways on this, but what I try to do is make it simple for people. Like, are you really drinking enough water? I find most people don't drink enough water. Are you really consuming some form of omega-3 fat? And they're like, I don't even know what that is. So what is that? That's be the cod liver on the flax and chia, (laughs) which anybody can find everywhere. I mean, one of the reasons why we went to this superfood on our website and our online is because it's it's hard for people to understand it and how to get it. So we want to make it simple for people. And that was part of our business. You know, when my son came on board in 2007, 2008, he came on board to help us with that part of our, our business. But that's what I would do on a deserted island. And, I, and on a des- deserted island, hopefully you have real, you know, real fruit. Yeah. And, do you ever And s- coconuts and things like that that are very, very healthy. I know you used to do it, and I, I don't know if it's still a thing, but do you ever do the uh, thing where you go to Foods for Living and you kind of guide people through a shopping trip of what you would get, which I always wanted to do, and I was, I've not done that with you. We haven't done that, but since our new headquarters is opening up, we will definitely be doing that okay. um, in 2000. You know, this year. So that, that that's definitely, I mean, we used to have, I was talking to one of the guys the other day, we used to have 200 people in the store at one time. Really? And we used to have a microphone and a stepladder, and then I would get my my sister involved, and yeah, it was a big deal. So we, we will definitely bring that back to the community um, this year. All right, good. Do you, do you worry a lot about um, organic versus, you know, ordinary off-the-shelf preserved stuff? No, initially for everybody's in a different place, and I learned that a long time ago. Uh, you you got to go where, where people are at. So if you're, you know, Nick is trying to maybe eat a little healthier, maybe. I'd say, hey, Nick, let's just uh, focus on some real <laughs> simple things. Mm-hmm. But once you start going down that, and then people get into GMOs and organic, and it just it's too overwhelming. Like, mm-hmm. let's just eat a piece of fruit. Don't worry about it's organic or not organic. Just eat it. Right, and then if you're saying, okay, I build a habit around that, well, then maybe you're going to the next level and saying, hey, things with a skin on them, like the dirty dozen, those are the things you might want to start focusing on if you eat those a lot. Like if you eat an apple once in a while and it's not organic, you don't even need to worry about it. But if you're eating apples regularly, since it has a skin on them, you kind of probably want to focus on more organic or avocados. You don't ever have to buy avocados organically because 
the bugs don't, you know, pesticides don't, the bugs aren't there, so they don't have to you know, use pesticides. So it, it, it's in a level of where people begin their journey, and then you got to meet them at their journey. And I think that's the mistake we find in my space. It's either all or none, I'm on this diet, but they don't really understand how to pivot. I talk a lot about that. People that call us all the time, hey, can you give us a diet? Well, yeah, we can, but it's not going to work because then you're locked into that diet. You don't really understand it. And by the way, it's not your it's not your eating plan. It's got to be your eating plan. So when I first met Joe, that's the first thing we focused on is like, hey, Joe, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, but let's just do slowly build. And I have people walking out from whether we're doing a seminar or training or whatever, and they're like, this is all I really need to do? Yeah because you're not doing any of this. Let's just start slowly and, and build that. <laughs> so how, how clearly do you remember your first meeting with Joe? Because he was describing to us on this morning his car ride to, to meet with you and the, and the anger with which he was having to go because he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't oh, I, had, I didn't want to do it at all. My mom was adamant, and I, I was well, late I that was, morning, and I was just in a pissy I, mood. Uh, and... Yeah, I, I kind of was warned a little bit about <laughs> from his mom, um, oh, and I man. knew his mother. So, But I've dealt with so many personalities. I've done 20,000 one-on-one training sessions. I've spoke you know, to people all over the world. Um, I think my expertise is just talking to people and then getting comfortable with them and understand where they're at and and why is Joe angry, you know? And so I... Can you answer like, that why question? Is Joe <laughs> angry? Why really is Joe sure. angry? Joe's a lot less angry than he used to be. <laughs> no. For goodness sakes. Oh, yeah, oh boy. That's probably true. <laughs> I think Joe is... But you gotta you gotta go back and you know I I've learned over the years that I have I've, as I've gotten older I'm 61 now that I ask better questions and so mm-hmm. as you start asking better questions you start realizing why people are afraid to do X Y Z why are people afraid to eat better because you think you're going to take stuff away from them mm-hmm. well I'm gonna tell them right away I'm not taking anything away from you today and I, sometimes I have to have that in the first se- session like my I, I met with my brother-in-law couple weeks ago and not a healthy guy at all but he's starting to have some challenges and which we all do as we get older and I said the first thing I walked in I'm like we're not talking about organic we're not talking about GMO what I'm going to talk to you about right now is what are you willing to change and are you willing to change and he said I am I said I said let's walk out of here today changing one or two things so so I think that's the, the the conversation when I first had a meeting with Joe. And I think Joe and I kind of, I think I think we kind of hit it off after a little bit. I agree. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I left happy yes. I went. Well, I think you have the distinct honor. Not only did you help us name Colomil, but you are on the list of, I think, three people on the planet that Joe has admitted that he actually likes. Oh. And it's, you, it's, if you count the number of people in this room, there are more <laughs> than three of us. So it's rare, rare comfort. Sometimes I, I have the people, I have a guy that down in South Bend, Indiana, that, you know, he says that the same thing. He goes, uh, nobody likes me. You're about the only guy that likes me. And I'm like, I didn't like you at the beginning. I tolerated you. <laughs> but then I slowly understood how you work and you're, you know, and you're not as bad as you think you are. So anyway. So I wanted to ask you, if the United States of America was a single person, how how would you assess the nutrition? What's the nutritional assessment you would have of our country? I saw in the video you had this moment where you held up a plate, a small plate of like uh, the fact that Americans would have to have three of these if this was the size plate that we used. I'm just curious what you think is. Like yeah, it was I was in uh, Paris actually speaking with uh, AT and T, and I it just hit me. I'm at lunch, and they had these tiny little plates, so just a saucer, and I'm like what is this? You know, and, I, and then I kept thinking, wow, this is really interesting because nobody's really overeating. And then in Paris, nobody's really overweight. I mean, they smoke a lot and they eat bread and drink wine and cheese, and, but nobody's really overweight and they walk a lot. But in our society, we really, uh, we're really creating some really bad habits. Uh, we don't sleep anymore. Anxiety's through the roof. Energy drinks, processed foods, uh, just goes on and on. Cheap, crummy, easy, accessible, and it makes people lazy. And so we're not cooking anymore. My daughter's a big one that, you know, you need to do some more stuff at home. People don't like it. But we need to change the mindset about, you know, that your body is a temple and you we got to take care of it. And it's your avenue, and especially as you age. I mean, everybody's trying to save, you know, for the rainy day. But I find more and more people, 
they're saving financially, or maybe they are, maybe they're not, but they're not really paying attention to their health. And then, then everything's going sideways, and healthcare costs are through the roof. And but if we had to pay for our healthcare, we'd start thinking about it differently. My son and I just had this conversation an hour ago. But we got to change our mindset about, and it doesn't have to be about eating perfect or exercising all the time. It's just about you're a vehicle and you're, you're, you're greatest. We always say this in any organization. You ask this, if I ask your group, Matt, what's the greatest resource of this organization, what would you say? The greatest resource. I would say the people. It's always the people. Yeah. And then if you asked what's the greatest asset of your people, you don't always get that same answer, and it's their health. So the bedrock of our business is helping people to change their mindset of looking at you as the foundation for, you know, everything. Because if your health is sideways, you don't sleep good, you're not feeling good, you don't have great energy, you're not going to perform at a high level. And so that's what I think the challenging thing we're facing in the United States right now is we're really, I mean, we have, I mean, McLaren's opened a new hospital, you got Sparrow Health System, you got all these fantastic health providers, but we're not getting any healthier. Got the Michigan Athletic Club. You got all these health clubs around the country, but we're still obesity is going through the roof. Medications are going up. You know, gout, I ask reflux, the list goes on. So that's my world every day is why is this the problem? We know why it is. How do we fix it? And that's changing people's mindset about how they're living their lives and and what do they want out of their life? You know, I always talk about being the best version of yourself. I think that's what really gets people jacked up. Not about being you better than person A or B. It's you being the best version of yourself. And if you're not feeling good, you're never going to be the best version of yourself. And I think that's what Joe experienced. As he felt better, he probably was nicer to people. <laughs> Jury's you out. You guys don't want to know what it was like <laughs> So the, we are a PR firm. And I wanted to ask you, so... I want to talk to you a little bit about the marketing of a mindset. You've used the word mindset, lifestyle a couple of times here. You know, if you're selling a product or you're selling a service that people understand and can relate to, maybe marketing that is a, is a little easier. But when you're selling, when you come up, when you came up with, you know, this mindset or this approach to health and life and, and living, what's the approach you take? Because you've built a very successful business at this point to marketing that and to building a business around it. Well, I think our biggest challenge every day is marketing. You know, and we would like to get more of your expertise on that because I truly believe, like, why aren't we bigger than we are? I mean, we're, I think we got probably the best, best methodology out there. We really have the players, we have the structure, we have everything, but we're not, we're not as well known as, you know, the keto diet or the paleo or whole 30 or whatever, but it's not sexy. So we got to figure out how do you make it a little bit more sexy, but how do you get people to be more, you know, engage. So that's, that is probably our biggest challenge in our business right now is how do you create this awareness? Everybody in our community needs us, but hardly anybody knows about us. Number one. And number two, they don't really know that they know they need us. So do you think, is that because those other diets have some big kind of signature fad? It's like, to me, those, the thing that's always stopped me, not that I've ever really tried a ton of these, but it always has been too much. I'm like, you know what? That's just too much for me to try to do. I, you know, just getting rid of all pasta and, and bread. I'm just not willing to do that. Or is, is, but is that the stuff that grabs attention and gets people to oh, jump yeah. on well, the ketogenic things? diet's the number one diet program. It has been for a long time, but you know, it's going to decrease brain fog and, you're going to lose weight and you know you eat a lot of fat and you eat a fair amount of protein and no carbs you know, you get into ketosis so i wrote an article about it but you can't be healthy on these diets that are taking things away so if you take a macronutrient away like a carbohydrate protein or fat you want them in balance if you take one of them away you're going to have a problem but nobody's talking about that problem they're talking about all the benefits so they're they're masking them so eventually you know like if you take most of your carbohydrates away, you're going to have, you can't calm your brain. Then you're going to have trouble with serotonin, which makes melatonin, makes, helps you sleep. And, you know, the list goes on. So then the next thing you know, they're not sleeping and their energy is not great, you know, and so they're taking an energy drink. And next thing you know, you're, 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 I feel like I'm talking about Tommy Boy when he was trying to sell a, you know, a brake pad or something. <laughs> so, but that's the challenge is that it's lack of knowledge. The two things we're not taught in our world right now, transparency and medicine, there is none. So that's a big problem. We are proud to present On Target Living's private labeled flax seeds. 
coming very soon. On Target Living's flax seeds are ranked the best flax in the state of North Dakota, where 97% of the nation's flax is produced. It is truly the best quality flax seeds you will ever find. It boosts metabolism, testosterone, and improves digestion. You can find these flax seeds at shop.ontargetliving.com. So, which leads into my space, which is, again, people just are not, everybody eats. Everybody thinks they're an expert. You know, most people work out. They think they're an expert. But, you know, they're, they're, we're having more and more issues now, now than ever before. But the human body, to me, the longer I've been doing this, the human body is amazing how it can heal itself if you give it the opportunity to do that and perform at its highest level. And that's what gets, it gets exciting. That's one of the reasons I got in bodybuilding way back in the early 80s. Kind of want to see what's possible. You know, if you really, and I, I'm an anti-bodybuilder. I mean, I do the opposite of what the bodybuilders eat. So I eat cold oatmeal every day and bananas and raisins. And, you know, I don't cut anything really out. I just eat higher, hmm. you know, cleaner. So. so why cold oatmeal versus hot oatmeal? Is there a reason or is that just what you like to do? Yeah, so I was reading, you know, I was looking at um, this book way back in the day and they're talking about muesli and different things they eat in, you know, in Germany for breakfast. And I kept thinking, and this is way, way back in the day, and I thought, God, that's an interesting. They use a lot of, uh, it's kind of like kefir, and they use yogurts and but grains and stuff like that. But they don't do a lot of cooking because of just access. So they do a lot of cold. And I thought, hmm, that'd be interesting, having cold oatmeal. So in our cookbook, the only recipe that they give me credit for is the cold oatmeal. Okay. <laughs> Any monkey can make cold oatmeal. Mm-hmm. So number one, it's super easy. You don't have to cook it again, deterrent for people doing anything, it takes time. So there's no time involved in it. You can make it anywhere and you can do a trail mix, but you just have cold oatmeal and you just, as Joe knows, and if any of you have experienced it, it's it's easy. You just put whatever you want together and you put some plant-based milk on it and put it in the refrigerator and it's perfect. And you walk away and then the next morning you can walk out the door and away you go. So it's convenient, it's easy, it's cheap. Tastes great, good for you. So all of the above. I think it's I think it's better. I rather I mean hot oatmeal is fine, but I would prefer if I'm gonna be given a choice and I don't have to do any work, I'm still picking cold oatmeal. I just I like the taste. I, like the I texture. feel like I feel like for me personally, I would maybe do cold oatmeal in the summer and start heating it up in the winter, just because that's how I am. And I think a lot of people are, are following what you're doing. A lot of people like the hardiness of having something warm in the in the winter time but in the summertime maybe the cold oatmeal mm-hmm. but it really gets down to back to the beginning is what do people really want what do you like and then as you doctor it up and put different things in it you're like i like this and i like that and you know that's the magic of cold oatmeal or anything else but cold oatmeal you can experiment all the time it's like making a smoothie you mm-hmm. can't really screw it up you just make it the way you want to so what really came out with for convenience what's your favorite recipe what's if you were going to sit down right now and make your favorite bowl of cold oatmeal what would go into it oh it's really simple so i just get uh, 100% rolled oats and then i would put um cacao in there some cacao powder which is real chocolate high in magnesium and then i would put some i always use raisins cuz i like raisins are sweet i probably eat too many of them and then I like frozen cherries, and I'll put some form of nuts in there and a plant-based milk, either cashew milk or uh, almond milk, and then some cinnamon. So that would be my normal. Sounds good. Um, that doesn't sound terrible. That, that's basically that what I good. eat. That's nothing at all like yes, what you Yes, it eat. is. <laughs> I'll tell you the difference. Steel-cut oats instead of rolled oats, so that's barely anything. Yeah. I have pumpkin seeds in there. I have um, the cacao nibs. I have... Uh, a mixed nut like pecans, uh, cashews, almonds, walnuts. Um, Isn't yours full of cucumber? No, you no. just think. And then you I make, have an I have an apple. Is that it I, Brussels sprouts? It's, it's an apple. apple. I think I you made up, up that apple. cucumber thing way back. In the I know. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you, where's your bowl? Where, you it's have in it. my bag. Okay. It's but it's an apple that's just cut you up. You do not want to put any side, <laughs> any kind of vegetables in your cold oatmeal. <laughs> I agree. And then and then cinnamon and then I put cardamom in there too. So there's another spice in mine, but. Hmm. Pretty close. The key, uh, the key, and uh, what Joe's saying too for you, Nick, it's just a matter of just experimenting, see what you like. You know, my wife doesn't like it the same way I like it. Right. So when I'm making it for her, I have to be really precise. I only can put five raisins in, and I only can put. She doesn't want their fruit to be mixed. So I've been married 36 years. 
I've learned that I got to make it a certain yeah. way for her. Well, I get right? that. So it's a family <laughs> business, right? Family business. Yeah, your your kids are involved. Your wife's involved. So my um, wife uh, is is just retiring uh, the month this month from Foster Swift after thirty seven years. Wow. Mm. Congratulations. Yep. So yeah. she's going to come and do more work with us. Plus, she's got uh, three grandbabies. Well, that'll keep her busy. So, yeah. So with the kids, did you always have a mind someday? I hope the my son and my daughter will be involved in the family business. No, no. I um, When I was at the Michigan Athletic Club as a fitness director, I started speaking. And then I started writing some books to go with it. My first seminar was called Meal Patterning. My first book was called Meal Patterning. It was about how people, the patterns of eating. And I was watching and reading an article on sumo wrestlers. And they were the biggest people on the planet. And they were the experts on gaining weight. And everybody was always trying to lose weight. So I kept thinking, well, what if you just did the opposite of what the sumo wrestlers do? That's really the key. And so sumo wrestlers eat one time a day, and they eat a lot of food. But they don't eat bad food. They just eat too much at one time. So I kind of, that was the pattern. That's how it started. And then I started speaking more and more. And um, then corporate America started calling. And then I have my food target. And so I went to a branding specialist in Colorado. And he said, you should call your company something around the target. So we came with on target living. And then from there in 2006, I went out and started speaking full time in 2007, not really having a clue what I was going to do, just trying to survive. And then we just had people along the way, and then my son came on board. He's been with us about almost 10 years now, eight years, nine years. But And then my daughter came a handful of years after that. So it just slowly evolved, and now my son is one of the speakers. My daughter is one of the speakers. I'm one, a speaker, so it just evolved. We really didn't. I had no plans, no <laughs> clue, just kind of morphed into what it is today. I'd imagine staff meetings are either a lot of fun or very uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes staff meetings are, uh, you know, we have to pick and choose because, you know, I'm still the dad and the owner, but um, sometimes we have to create this respect along the way and um, have that. So, yeah, sometimes it can be challenging. Like my daughter and my son, they're they're twins, and my son runs the company, so we kind of kind of have to report to him in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it, it can be challenging. And then my wife I have to be careful sometimes of what I'm telling her you know at home about the business and so she doesn't because she takes care of all the finances and she's the HR and she does a fantastic job of keeping us organized I'm more of a big picture guy and sometimes I just want to just talk about ideas in reality she thinks she needs to implement them and it's going to put more work on you know so yeah there's dynamics of the family business that and in in other ways, there's it's, there's great. I can't really have two better people in my son and my daughter that know what this stuff better than you know. And mm-hmm. then they have the passion for it. But and no, initially I have no idea that they were interested in doing this. Well, it's just it's very interesting because Matt's got a couple of sons who are close in age and they're growing up fast. So you know, I, maybe yeah. there's something that Owen oh, and Cooper could in the new year they'll be sitting pattern. in this chair. Right. Well, speaking of kids, I did want to ask: Do you have advice for parents? who are dealing with kids who are either fussy or unhealthy eaters. I have an 11 year old who would sit at the table and eat fruit and vegetables all day long happily and actually ask for those. And I have a eight year old who will find any piece of candy in a square block radio and eat it and fight people. For <laughs> yeah. It. You know, I, so my daughter, Kristen is our dietitian speaker. Her and I do the podcast together and she was, she was challenging when she was in middle school. You know, Dad, you're a freak show. Nobody eats like us, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then, you know, even I had to work with her. So we'd go to the grocery store and, you know, instead of hand, buying this, we'd buy that. And, you know, we just had to work together. And then my, my wife's Lebanese, and uh, she's a far hat in this community. And, and she's an amazing cook, and she kind of taught our kids how to cook out of necessity because we were working full time, and it wasn't because we were smarter than anybody else. We just... And then I think they got the passion for the food and making it. So I think the thing I advise for parents sometimes is not only the parents, they, they'll follow you. I mean, they don't always do it right away, but they'll follow. They'll see what you're doing. And number two, you get them involved. You know, get them involved in the cooking process. I find so many people, especially males that I know, they do not have the skill of making food. So when you're traveling with them, they're like hamstrung. They can't do anything. 
they have to eat out or they don't know what they can't even make cold oatmeal like they think i'm some kind of magician you know (laughs) and i'm like guys anybody can make this so i think that's what my wife brought to the table she helped them for the love of family and cooking and you know prep so that's the advice i give to parents is be patient number one mirror number two and get them involved number three good luck matt yeah. <laughs> Cooper's gonna yeah, just whole patient grab thing. onto yeah. that. There's not a whole lot of that in my household. But they they evolved. I mean, you know, I was a terrible eater until I was probably about, you know, 19 years old. I just didn't know any better. But yeah, they, they come in and like you said, you have two, just the opposites, and that's well, and it's fascinating to me because, and I'm very fortunate. They're both very healthy little boys. Mm-hmm. Not never sick. Knock on wood, but they could not eat more differently if they tried. And they try. And I think I, another thing, too, we're going to do more of this, and Joe kind of alluded to it earlier, but we want to do more and more training at our new facility for parents so they can share this next generation because the magic is in the parents sharing healthy habits with their kids. My wife tells these horror stories that her parents, um, she's much younger than her three older brothers, 11 years younger than her three older brothers. And uh, some point... Right before she was born, her parents like completely changed their entire cooking lifestyle. Just every every sugar, everything that could be fun was gone, and so she was raised in this whole you know no. She went to birthday parties, but was allowed to have the cake. You know, her mom packed something that she could have that was awful wheat germ on everything. She just tells these horror stories about the food that she had to eat, and then she always jokes about her her favorite brother was the one that when. He got his driver's license, drove her to McDonald's every day on the way home from school, and she got all kinds of food because it was the only time she'd ever been able to eat that stuff. And she kept saying it was the worst thing that they could have done was because all I wanted to do was eat garbage as soon as I had the chance to do it. Well, you know, we talk about that a lot because my sister and my brother in this community, my brother's older, my sister's younger, and we were all raised and we had every Little Debbie's, Hostess, Ho-Ho, I mean, every... Three Musketeers, Snickers bar. We had my mom was just getting hungry, amazing on this <laughs> stuff. But none of us came out really craving that because we had it all the time. So there's some real magic to that. Not depriving deprivation does not work. That's why we don't teach dieting because it just doesn't work. You want to do it because you want to, not because you have to. So I think that's the same thing with the kids. You know, you want to have them just have better versions. Like we have pizza and we had cookies and we had all that stuff but slowly over time we just had better versions of those and anytime you can make like my daughter Kristen will always say if you can make it homemade it's always the best so so you don't want to deprive your kids of these treats and special times and no that that to me that's I had a, a couple of friends that went to western Michigan w- with me and you know their parents were so strict and when they got to western Michigan they just did everything bad that they could put their hands on. <laughs> so. Well, I, th- I think it's in your, I think it's in the On Target Living book. You kind of talk about the 80-20 rule where it's like, I think 80% of the time you do your your best and you try to eat yeah, well. Yeah, so and- let's say you're you're picking on Nick today and Nick's doing 40-60. Then Nick goes 50-50. The goal is you're just slowly moving in that direction. Yeah. And 20 is fine. You can treat yourself 20% of the time. That's not, that's not terrible. But 80-20 is a pretty, pretty, pretty disciplined approach. So I used to have clients of mine, they're like, how many days a week do you just eat garbage? And they're like, almost every day. I said, well, let's just go every other day to start with. So that's that's the premise is you're trying to create a lifestyle that people can sustain on their own and they lo- they like. That's that's the magic. What is your view on um, supplementation, uh, vitamin pills, um, minerals, things like that? Well, we, tr- we teach three principles on Antar Living. One is the, the cell. Everything begins at the cell level. Number two is, you know, is it balancing your pH? That's where the minerals come in. And number three is the source, and that's really what you're asking right now. So I always try to go to the source. The closer it gets to the source, the better it is for you and easier it is for the body to absorb. So, for example, if you take multivitamins, I don't really promote multivitamins. I don't take them myself. Not saying you couldn't or shouldn't, but you always ask the question, What's the source of those vitamins? So if you said, hey, it's low with beta carotene, if you don't see beta carotene on an ingredient list, which would be carrots and sweet potatoes, then it's going to be a synthetic form of beta carotene. So that would probably be not a great choice. So 90% of multivitamins in the United States are synthetic-based. Hard for the body to absorb. So I'd rather focus my attention on real 
superfoods that are foods, such as, you know, a superfood could be an apple or uh, a banana or a carrot or kale or even even more level is it'd be like a spirulina chlorella or wheatgrass or cod liver oil. So the closer you get to the source, then it covers a lot more ground and it's easy for the body to absorb because it's like a chemistry set out there. Do I take lipoic acid, vitamin D, vitamin C, calcium, magnesium? It goes on and on. Reality is if you just eat these foods, you can now naturally get them in your diet. And that's that. what I've found gets the greatest return on investment for people. Not only it's not... It's not going to cost them much difference, but it's going to be something they can sustain. And it's going to be good for them. And that's why we promote, like I said, certain supplements we call them are cod liver oil, spirulina corella, and wheatgrass. Those are the big three we promote because they are powerful and they cover a lot of ground. So when your family got together, and we can wrap up with this, but when your family got together for Christmas, what was on the dinner table for the big Christmas dinner? What does is, what is the Johnson family sit down and eat for a big family meal? Well, one family gathering, we had prime rib, we had mashed potatoes, we had um, green beans with almonds, we had uh, homemade cookies, and uh, a bunch of snacks and stuff like that. The other family, we had a variety of different types of lasagna. So we had a vegetable lasagna, we had a sausage lasagna, we had all sorts of, so we had three different types of lasagna more cookies than you could even shake a stick at. So so this was part of the 20%? It was a 20% oh, day? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> Christmas is a 20% day. But we are making it. It's homemade. Yeah. So everything is homemade. You're not going to get store-bought cookies, and they're they're making the cookies and all that kind of stuff with better ingredients. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we, we, it's very hearty. We're not holding anything back. I kind of fall off the rails for a while. <laughs> so that's fair. That's so everyone should be able to. I, my wife loves that time of year for me because she just goes. He just lets everything go and you know doesn't worry about it. But yeah, I think that's how more and more people food is meant to be enjoyed. And I think sometimes we get so militant about it that you know that's and it's funny because we don't get invited to dinner. Nobody invites us for dinner or <laughs> lunch because they're afraid that we're gonna you know. That's judge them on what they're eating. I'm like, hey, come on, just eat whatever you want. <laughs> and then the more you have a mindset that you're doing stuff that you like to do and it's a little bit more, then you're going to feel better and perform better. And if you want to eat a bunch of crap and feel like you're going to take a nap for the next two or three hours, then that's 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 a choice you make. But when people start feeling good, I think they like to you know, maintain that, and I, that's what the magic we've found over the years. Well, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Uh, Chris Johnson, uh, founder and CEO of On Target Living. Uh, you can learn more about him and his business um, at ontargetliving.com. We'll be right back. So okay, looking cool. back, <laughs> <laughs> high quality production. So looking back at New Year's resolutions of last year, now that we've spoken to an expert on the subject, I realized that my goal uh, in my resolution last year of trying to be nicer to my children was just too big a too big a <laughs> step. Uh, it's one of those resolutions that was just not not doable. So now I, I need to I'll revisit for for this year. It's only partially on you. The rest of that. It is only part on of them. the portion on yeah. me is actually really quite small. Right. But Nick, how about you? We so for folks who didn't listen last year, last year our New Year's episode was with Karen from was Ren, it? yeah Render Studios because she had just rebranded uh, their video company, and okay. we talked about the changes yep, yep, of, yep. of a brand. And had a great conversation with Karen and talked about resolutions. Um, mine was being nicer to my kids. Nick, yours. I was going to write for pleasure. And. And I've. Written for pleasure a little bit. You seem very pleased. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not particularly pleased. Nick's got pleased. a big secret that he's keeping. I'm yeah. not keeping a secret. No, I, I've 
No, I have no secrets. <laughs> what are you writing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I haven't really discussed this with anybody, so I guess the, the whole world is going to hear this uh, other than my wife. I, I've been writing a comic book. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm a nerd. I collect comic books. I enjoy comic books. But people don't write the kind of comic books anymore that I like to read, so I decided to write it myself. Is it an old school comic book? Like, I am not a comic book reader, so my questioning on this is not informed. But like, <laughs> what, is, what is that that you are describing? Is it it's... <clears throat> it's a it's a little bit of a sword and sorcery meets spiritual warfare. Um, it's it's nerdy. Are it's you just nerdy. writing, or are you like drawing stuff too? Or you're like, I'm gonna that's gonna be someone else. I've I've been working with other people. Okay. Wow, so cool. this is a big thing. So you're quitting? I'm not <laughs> quitting. No. <laughs> oh, that, as far as this has gotten so far, as I've put together a pitch packet. So I've worked together. I've actually what? assembled. We're a team. learning so much. I yeah. knew all of this because of How our did Facebook. You know this? <laughs> We share an office. Yeah. We have to come on a, on a podcast and talk into microphones yeah. to learn feels, these things about you. It feels a little... I, feel I wasn't afraid. planning like, to discuss it. I, I was not planning and to discuss it. you know about it. I knew all about it. Yeah, I, was, I mean... I was planning to discuss it once I found a publisher. I was planning to discuss it, Matt, once I you know, came in your office, closed the door, and said I'm quitting to move to Los Angeles. I just sold a million comic books, and I'm out of here. I don't think See that's ya. the way it works. Yeah, I'm not, I, don't, I don't expect to be selling 40,000 comic books like, uh, like Chris sold 40,000 copies of his book, but... Well, that's so you're exciting. just like Seth Cohen. I, I would love to be like Seth Cohen. Man, that's so cool. Why did yeah. he want to write comic books? He wrote. Uh, I love how the. <laughs> I don't the remember any of with this. Your questions I'm are sorry, I don't remember any of this about the OC. <laughs> I yeah. can't remember the name of his comic book, but he loved comic books, and he uh, he had one that he kind of created and yeah. pitched and sold. And right with that with that dorky other kid that was into summer at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've got a I've got a pitch packet put together, and it's it's out to a uh, it's out to a company that does pitches right now um, for publication, and they'll send that out to all of the publishers, and then wow. and then we'll so see if we get any bites. This um, is amazing. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Thanks for keeping the secret, Nikki. I'm a great secret keeper. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow. You were until today. <laughs> I didn't say anything. How kind much? How much worse do you now feel about I, the fact that you couldn't be nicer to your kids and met? And, and, like, I'm write a letter. <laughs> and Suddenly, he did it. I've got a comic book. Selling a comic book. I, I, I just sold, sold the movie money. rights. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've spent a little money on this, but I haven't sold anything. Goodness yet. sakes. Oh. Learn something. All right. Well, yeah. Joe, you didn't have any. I didn't, didn't have, have any, and now I feel like I have to absolutely have some. Now you need to have two. Yeah. Make up for last year and to have one for Well, this I year. can't have two because that would be taking on too much, that's and that's right. how it falls apart. <laughs> that's right. Chris was very clear one, about that. One doable resolution, which I will... We're doing this right after Chris left, so I'll have to think about it. I don't, I don't have it yet, but I will come up with one. I'll share it later on like Nick's little secret comic book thing. and uh, I could be down with some cold oatmeal. I, could eat, I do eat an apple every morning for breakfast. Yeah, and that's you're halfway there. That's yeah, you're it? halfway there. Yeah. The apple is like yeah. half of what's. I, Are you starving? Yeah, oh, that's not enough. <laughs> I think that's what my dad eats every day for the apples past actually make me years. hungry. So I could not just eat an apple. I would be. I do starving. Apple. You were yours was reading, wasn't it? Did you say you wanted to read more? I don't remember. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you wanted to do. You wanted to organize oh, your right. files on your computer. <gasps> oh. But then Nikki deleted them all, so <laughs> you didn't have to worry about that. No, you know. you know what? And sorry, excuse me. In 2019, I hope we can drop the file thing. Just gonna throw that out there. My Dropbox. Matt can take it or leave still it. Still loading. No, it's not. It is today. Oh my god. Yeah. All right, sorry, Stephanie. Please go ahead. That's okay. No, I did not do those things. I <laughs> um, I ran out of time. <laughs> Can't imagine. 365 days out. <laughs> Nick wrote a comic book in his, in his spare time. So. Yeah. No excuses. Yeah. Not only does he do all the work here, he's actually <laughs> writing comic books. The, they're not that many and, pages. And, <laughs> and he's the nice at the same and, time. Yeah. He's nice at the same time, and he's the by far the least, he's the worst about maximizing his capacity based on Chris's stuff. I mean, man, Nick. You could be a superhero. The untapped potential yeah. here is You know, so listen, so, so I, I recall once, I haven't, I haven't used table salt for probably 20 years. Oh, see, there you go. There's 80-20 right there. Is that? Uh, okay. Keep um, going. That's a good habit. <laughs> you did a good habit. I, out, of, out of spite once, I told my sister, we were fighting about something. So w- when we would get food growing up, you know, there were 10 of us. So my mom would say, dinner's ready. Come line up. And we would come line up in the kitchen. She would serve it to us and we'd take it to the table. 
as opposed to trying to serve it at the table when you've got 10 hands reaching across. And so my sister and I were fighting over something, and, and I, I spitefully s- said, because she wouldn't hand me the salt or something, and I was just a, being a jerk, and I was like, that's it. I, I will never use table salt again. And she goes, yes, you will. I go, no, I won't. And so I haven't. Just out of spite. Time to let it go. I, but I found... No, 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 no. Hang on. I, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I found that that was an effective way for me to make a change, was I need to just go out on a... So we need to, we need to challenge you and or or make you so mad that no I I'm saying it, you know some people need to do small mm-hmm. things and for me once in my life once in my lifetime I can find a, a stupid thing to seize on to and just <laughs> okay. and I'll go with it so you know I I don't know that I'm ready yet to say I'll never eat fast food again um, like I'll never eat, use table salt because I I've, I've got a seven year old and a five year old and I can't imagine well you don't have to say never that's food. the whole thing yeah that's, that's the right. whole thing. Hmm. Well, this has been fun. I had no idea this is where this is going. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> yeah, well, now we're all shattered. Kind of. Like, I'm, I'm not sure yeah. what the point of having resolutions yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, way to kick off the new year. Happy 2019, everyone. All right. Yay. Um, on a more serious note, I guess I, I do want to thank Chris. Uh, that was a, con- a great conversation, and thanks Joe for the idea and the invitation to get him in here. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I, I'm glad. Learned a lot. Out. That was fun. Um. So it is. It's 2019. This is the Rest Strategies team. You've been listening to Cold Oatmeal. You learned a little bit about the origins of Cold Oatmeal today. And we'll talk to you again next time.